Hello and welcome to this episode of Paranormal Hotline. My name is definitely Oshin and I'm joined by my co-host Kaylee. And I'm definitely Kaylee. On Paranormal Hotline, we double check the batteries in our PK meters, investigate odd occurrences and try to discern if those are lights in the sky or just a healthy dose of government LSD in the water. We definitely never change the batteries in anything and it's a big problem. But yes, anything else? <laughs> sure. Uh, so, so Kaylee, how are you? I'm pretty good. I'm, pr- I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm pretty good too. Uh, Excellent. Nice bank holiday weekend. Yeah. You know, gives you a lot of time. So, Kaylee, vampires. Were you a vampire person? Are you a vampire person? Are you asking me if I'm a vampire or if I have an interest in vampires? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, you know, the interest in vampires are like, you know, vampire media and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be, you know, I've read vampire books and watched vampire movies. I know a bit about vampires. Yeah, because I mean, again, me living under a rock. Only recently have I like done the vampire movie type thing. Um, oh, really? Lost Boys is is is, is a beautiful film. Ha- um, have you watched uh, Interview with the Vampire? That's one I haven't seen yet. Oh, um, it's my favorite. To. Excellent, excellent movie. You should definitely watch it. Cool. Yeah. No, I'll, that's definitely on the list. Um, but growing up for me, vampires were like a thing like uh, just I had a huge interest in it despite like not getting into the media I'm pretty sure for that's like, crazy more Halloweens man. than more Halloweens than not I was a vampire <laughs> I feel like um, most of my interest in vampires came from Buffy the Vampire Slayer because like obviously I was growing up in the 90s and being a girl who was into martial arts and stuff Buffy was the coolest going so it was always cool to, like my, my, my sister was also obsessed with Buffy and had like books and books about vampires and totally believed they were real and that she was going to become the Slayer when she was older. So again, because I lived under a rock, um, and still maybe do, I missed out on Buffy. But I mean, I know of the the occurrence and phenomena that is. So how can you be a um, vampire kid and not watch Buffy? I don't understand that. You you grew up in the nineties. What what attracted you to vampires then? I don't know. They dre- they dressed cool. Yeah, they did you know, dress cool. The whole like the whole thing of like, oh, he's a count, or you know, I mean, the classic being Count Dracula and all that, like. You know, with, he had like the medallion going on, and like the cape. Right. The cape was a big, a big seller. You know, as a kid, Halloween costume. Get the cape. Get the fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, get the, uh, the oh, bin you know. bag. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, I say it like you know. When I say get the cape, it was not bought. <laughs> that was that was the repurposed bin bag as a tradition. Again, I'm touching on some Irish folklore. Uh, I don't know why that seems to be what I've I've, I've written, but. I have an interest there uh, and it's interesting to tell people about. It led me down a rabbit hole and that's the rabbit hole uh, featuring an ancient Irish dwarf vampire who might have also been a wizard. Okay, you've you've piqued my interest. (laughs) I've never heard of this before and I'm very, very interested. Say those words again. An ancient Irish dwarf vampire who might have also been a wizard. I'll picture like Danny DeVito. This one's a wizard too, so. Yeah, just like Danny DeVito. Hmm. Bonafide wizard. <laughs> Bonafide so, wizard. And that's it. That's the explicit uh, on this episode. Avaratok was said to be a chieftain in the 5th or 6th century up in County Derry. This story was first collected, as kind of first written down in uh, 1870 by Patrick Weston Joyce, who is a historian, uh, in his book, The Origin and History of Irish Names of Places. So he wrote, This dwarf was a magician and a dreadful tyrant. And having perpetrated great cruelties on the people, he was at last vanquished and slain by a neighbouring chieftain, some say by Fionn McCool. He was buried in a standing posture, 
but the very next day he appeared at, in his old haunts, more cruel and vigorous than ever, and the chief slew him a second time and buried him as before, but he again escaped from the grave, and he spread terror through the whole country. Oh my god. So they killed him, and they put him standing up in his grave, and they were surprised yes. he left. <laughs> and then they, they <laughs> no. killed him a second time. <laughs> no, so like, for a chieftain uh, at that time, it kind of a show of respect when you're being buried was to be buried standing. There's one of the mountains in Ireland that has a grave of a guy standing upright as well, but it's out of the ground, and it was so that he could see his land from the, from when he was dead. So there's kind of a whole thing kind of tied around that. It's like buried on a hill standing or like that to kind of view the land, but also sometimes if they're on a hill and they're standing, it's so that, you know, they're not below anyone sort of thing. They ah. have that kind of that posture position. Um like a god and yeah I, I mean I suppose it, it kind of reminds me that like in, in the story um, of Coo Cullen he ties himself to the to a, to a I think it's a rock or a tree kind of and for his kind of his last battle yeah sort of thing uh, and you know he with his, his sling he kills like a whole army as they're coming towards him and he eventually dies because he's there for like three days um, but like even dying he's still tied to this thing so he like doesn't you know, he doesn't. He, he's still above everyone. That's beside <laughs> Mad the point. Though. I'm, I'm going, that's a tangent. Um, so yeah, he spread, started spreading terror through the whole country. The chief then consulted a druid, and according to his directions, he slew the dwarf a third time and buried him in the same place with his head downwards, which subdued his magical power, so he never appeared on the earth. <laughs> so burying him upside down like turned his magic off. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I like to think that he was trying to dig his way out of the grave, but. Uh, Instead of digging up, because they turned him upside down, he was digging down. Just dig. It's interesting you say that. (laughs) It's interesting that you would say that. Really? Um, It is. See, man, I'm telling you, I I got the fucking brains of a druid here, man. (laughs) I'm wasted. Something like that, definitely. Yeah. Mm, A wasted druid, perhaps. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Only a madman would think of these things. (laughs) And you may hear a legend with much detail from the natives of the place, one of whom told it to me. So that's where that came from. Oh. Not to tell you the same story again, but to go over the other versions of it. There are some other interesting additions, especially when you start thinking of it through the lens of vampirism. The visions of him vary, but he's always said to be a powerful wizard or to have magic powers, and that the powers are used for evil. Uh, He is very much not a good guy, and he's a tyrant. Okay. So there's also, like, it's kind of that whole aristocratic side to things. So, like, I mean... He was a, a noble, essentially. Yeah. As well as being magic and not a good fellow. So in the story, the people are too afraid and powerless to do anything about him. So they get another chieftain to kill him off. In some stories, that chieftain is Fiona Cool. In others, it's a guy called Cawthon. He gets the job done anyway the first time. Slays uh, Eratok. Because of his chieftain status, they bury him standing up. Uh, that made sense back in the day. Can you, like, nowadays so, request to be buried standing up? I'm not sure. I hope so. Wait, the hole would need to be deeper, well, though, doesn't it? That's probably why. Yeah. But I suppose you take up less ground space. Yeah, Depends you really definitely which do. way you think of it. <laughs> I think... I'm pretty sure it has been done since then for, like, space saving. Yeah, make, it would make sense to bury people stand, standing up, but also... I feel you like eventually all the bones will just fall to the bottom of the... You know, <laughs> you're not lying down peacefully, yeah. you're... You're in a pile. <laughs> yeah, you just turn the coffin 90 degrees and you just hear... <laughs> clonk, clonk, <laughs> clonk. Bury me wearing jorts so that when people dig me up, it's just a skeleton with jorts. <laughs> Skelly jorts returns. 
I mean, how can I convince a priest to bury me with only jorts on? Your final wishes, you know? <laughs> it'll have to be closed what, casket, what? right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, why is the casket closed? It's like, oh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sorry, I completely derailed no. that with my skeleton No, words. no, I mean, skeleton jorts is, is always worth the derail. Um, the next day, our talk has returned, and he's back to being a tyrant, being a prick. Uh, but he goes, and in the, some versions, he goes and demands a bowl of blood from his people. Oh. Which he drinks to sustain himself. A bowl each? No, I think it's like a bowl of blood that they kind of all have to, like, bloodlet to, to contribute or something. I don't know something. why that makes me feel so sick. Oh, it, it's horrendous. Yeah, so, like, to sustain his, like, withering body, as it were. Yeah. So, anyway, they're fed up with this man coming down, asking him for blood. So they get the chieftain to go and kill him again. Can you ma- can you imagine that actually? Is there like the chieftain being have to like rung up the second time? Hello, that man you killed, not actually dead. <laughs> like, can they get a refund on that or a warranty on your killings? <laughs> but like, as we know, he comes back the second time. But he, you know, again wanting blood. In the third, the third time, the la- previously he went to go talk to a druid. But this is also where like the Catholic takeover trademark. Uh, happens like in all good Irish stories so the chieftain goes to his local druid or in some stories an early Irish saint <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he learns that Eurotok is not actually alive and has become one of the Neve Maravu uh, Neve Marav Neve uh, so one of the yes one of the Irish undead <laughs> it literally means not dead <laughs> <laughs> technically we could all be Neve Marav <laughs> It's not like um, it's undead. Like it, in the Irish language, <laughs> it literally means not dead. <laughs> what is he? He's not dead. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, imagine that's another like just like Irish lawyers for you sort of situation. It's like, oh well, he he's undead. Nah, he's he's, he's just, just not, not dead. dead. <laughs> like you are too, mate. <laughs> oh, but we've we've killed him twice already. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, well, that's yeah. more like. <laughs> His name should be like should be dead, <laughs> or like twice killed or something like. That. Yeah. He also tells him that he can't really be killed, but how to suspend him, like suspend his life. Just lock so, him up in a box and throw him into the ocean. Yeah. Tie his legs but, to yeah. whales and then whip them on the arse and send him off into the sea. Yeah, I mean that's pretty cool. This is maybe cooler, uh, or it was pretty cool until he got the whales involved. Okay, sorry. So he has to be killed with a wooden sword made of yew wood. And then buried upside down, so he's like flat facing into the earth, and then sprinkle ash twigs around him, and then place a big rock on top of that. And the chieftain does this, gets the job done for good, or until they remove the big stone, because that will set him free. (laughs) Okay, okay. Just like Jesus. So, just like Jesus, yes, I think. This is fitting for Uh, Easter weekend. This is the Easter special. Yeah. The Easter special. <laughs> the anti-Jesus. Jesus, was he a vampire? Or are we all vampires because we drink Jesus' blood? There's one thing communion. for sure. He's not dead. <laughs> He'll kill again. Um, <laughs> being slain with a wooden sword st- sounds like staking a vampire. Yeah, it really me. does. I think that's like... Right? That's got to be like one of the earliest references to staking something. Especially if it goes back to the, the 5th or 6th century. Yeah. I, I mean, even if that was like added to the story between then and now before it was picked up in like 1870 like that's still a really early mentioning of it yeah yeah it is it won't kill him it'll only stop him as well that's like that's a take on the whole staking uh, I know in some cases I mean getting a, a stake put through you will kill you of course 
In most but cases. The whole idea, <laughs> in most cases. In some vampire literature, the whole uh, the stake is kind of just like, it, it locks them, you know, freezes them. Yeah, I, I know, I, I kind of first knew it as like, uh, it's one of the things in Vampire the Masquerade, like the tabletop game. Oh, <laughs> that's cool. So even like the weird burial, being upside down, facing into the earth, kind of also is very similar to a lot of medieval European burials, which were also to stop people coming back. Yeah. Many of which were claimed to be vampires. There is a site uh, you can visit. It's up in County Derry still. Uh, hasn't moved. Is the stone still Sla- there? Slatoverti Dolmen. <gasps> so the stone is still there. Right. Um, for those listening who don't know, a dolmen is uh, a type of megalithic tomb. Uh, and like, you know, these can be they prehistoric a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, but it's kind of been... They're just kind Fairly of in a, constantly done in Irish littered all over history. The place. Like there's a few. In, yeah, there's in, a lot of them. There's a few near near where I live, and they're just on like private property, but they have like little paths that people can just go up and see them. And like, you wouldn't even know it's there. You'd pass by it, and then mm. it's like, oh wow, this is like what probably predates the pyramids. <laughs> it's so yeah, weird. a lot of them do. Uh, like uh, if you look at like uh, an, a regular sort of ordnance survey map yeah. you can they're all marked yeah, but yeah. they're very often not signposted yeah very um, rarely because they're usually on private property like you have a right to go see them I think but they don't have to yeah. signpost them no but there is a right of way so there is normally a way to get to them yeah Um. so normally it's two or three upright rocks holding up a large capstone for those that don't know. This whole, this monument, grave thing, it used to be built up at rocks, but farmers removed a bunch of them to build walls. But the big rock still is there and maybe they shouldn't remove that one just in case. We need to move the rock. Um, I think we should go and do it. (laughs) Could you imagine if we unleashed a vampire on the world? It'd be so funny. It would be funny. I had read and I'm looking for it now again, but I, I, I can't seem to find it. But I did read earlier. They were like trying to build a road through the area. And, you know, they had to move the rock and there's a tree next to it as well. Yeah. When they went to go do it, the like the chainsaw they were using to cut the tree like stopped three times unexplainedly and like the chain snapped and hurt the operator. Did they plant the tree? Like, how old is the tree that's there? Obviously, it's not as old as the vampire. It's just like a... No, it's it's just like... I think it's a hawthorn. um, Which, you know, in and of itself is a kind of a magic tree as they go. Yeah, Definitely. It would be good because there is a lot of kind of cool stuff in that neck of the woods as well. We should probably go up and check. Yeah, definitely. There's a load of haunted places up in the north as well that I'd love to go to. People have always said Dracula, oh, that's based on Vlad the Impaler. It kind of, you know, the Eastern Europe sort of vibe, living in castles sort of thing. But there is this whole, uh, there's this idea that... There's a theory. Dracula is actually based on Eurotok. That's really cool. I mean, it would make sense, especially with the stake and everything. And the whole thing that, you know, we've claimed Bram Stoker as one of our own. He's, he is an Irish author. Yeah. You know? um, basically, as it goes, is there's like the story uh, that, I've ju- that I've just told would have been known to people at the time. It was definitely known by Lady Wilde, as in Oscar Wilde's mother. Oh. Bram Stoker was a regular visitor to the Wilde's house when he was in Dublin. Really? I did not know yes. that. And yes. So that story would have definitely been around. Another thing is one of the names in the book Dracula, Lucy Westenra, 
Uh, and you know that's like the the victim in the book, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you read uh, the book? I have a lovely like illustrated copy of it, and I've just like butted heads with it constantly. I can't read. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Uh, I don't have an attention span anymore for reading, but I'm getting back into it, and I've really been meaning to get around to reading Dracula. It's pretty good. It's not like super long either. There is bits of it where it's like, all right, mm. come on, where's the where's the gore? No, I mean, like, I, I'm all for a slow burn. It's just like of late, like, kind of to be honest, I think like academics and schooling like really just like took the fun out of reading for me yeah that's fair so that. I've been trying to like build it up ever since and it's kind of like find the time to sit down and read a book because I really enjoy it when I get into it yeah yeah but um so Westernra is a really unusual name but it's the name of local ascendancy so like the land owning family in Monaghan like the land so, that the dolmen is on no 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 so it's completely unrelated to there this is just like a link uh, between this kind of rare name to in 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 Ireland to in the book. Oh right. So right. it's like oh oh hey how did that happen? So there's a sculpture of a really dramatic scene, and it's called the parting glance, where a woman is dying in bed, and the husband is like being held held back because he's grieving, uh, and the sculpture was dedicated to a Mary Ann Westenra by her husband. Lord Warner William Westenra so triple like WWW <laughs> it's like how did this thing in Monaghan end up in this book this is the theory Bram Stoker was an inspector of petty sessions so kind of like small claims court I think uh, before he was a novelist yeah. and in that work he would have visited Monaghan and this uh, sculpture is in the church that would have been beside the courts like the church is right next to the court in Monaghan that's really cool so it's like on a break he could have went and gone seen it he would have been kind of taken by like you know it's, it's a very dramatic sculpture I'll send it to you and it looks like something out of like uh, oh damn Dracula. it really does it really so it's like, does did that inspire that <laughs> the dog <laughs> just to describe describe it to anybody listening uh, it's like this woman lying dead on the bed there's another woman draping like a blanket over her and two men who look kind of like griefed by everything like he's just like sad and then one guy's being held back yeah yeah he's like so sad the other guy's holding him back and the dog is just sitting like he's begging for dinner at the end of the bed <laughs> it's so dramatic and then there's just this dog like <laughs> where's my kibble <laughs> it's a maybe bit of a stretch I don't think it's that much uh, of a stretch I, I, at all I'd say it's pretty damn convincing that he would have seen this statue but definitely, like, I, I love the idea that this story would have been around. I don't think he was, like, travelled in the area of the world of uh, Vlad the Impaler. And I'm not sure, like, I mean, of course, people might have heard of him like, studying history, but, like, I'm not sure how prevalent that would be versus, oh, hey, here's a story that my friend's mam told me. I'd like, I'd like Dracula to be, you know, very much based on some Irish uh, mythology. It has to be, I mean, it has to be influenced by some of it. I mean, I understand the whole Vlad the Impaler link, but I'd say a lot of the actual vampire lore and influence, it has to be influenced by the Irish culture. We'd be awful, though, you know, because, like, someone comes to the door and you invite them in for tea. We would be dead. We'd be so dead. Quiet quiet man shows up. Oh, here, you coming in for some tea? I mean, that's what happened down in Loftus Hall, which is something that we need to cover in another episode, definitely. Um, where they invited the devil in. <laughs> Just because he was dressed nice. They're like, oh, I mean, you don't look like a peasant. Come on in. So, uh, Kaylee, aside, aside from, you know, the, was, he, was Dracula based on, on, on our talk, 
do you think he, he was a real fellow? Do you think he really raised back from the dead and, and demanded blood? Yeah, easily. Definitely a real man. There's the rock to prove it, Oshin. What are you, stupid? You heard it here, folks. No, <laughs> that makes total sense. Yeah. Um. Also, yeah, come on. We need to go move the rock and set him free. Um. So if you <laughs> like the podcast... <laughs> you can... So, Kaylee, do, do you have anything else to add? Um, I think a bowl of blood is a terrible idea anyway. It's going to get all congealed and go all disgusting. If you're going to drink blood, drink it straight from the source, people. Also, make sure that yeah. you know your person who's donating blood doesn't have anything yeah. that you don't want to catch. So, nobody talks it's, about would this. You, would you share a needle with that person? Exactly. Would you drink their blood? Exactly. Would you... <laughs> The bowl is so disgusting. I'm picturing him drinking it with know. like, you know those uh, you know those straws that you can get that turn the milk into chucky milk? <laughs> I thought you were going to say like one of those swirly straws. Or the swirly straws. You know the ones that are like glasses? <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> Would the blood like get congealed and get stuck in the glasses though? Oh, definitely. Ew. Do you think the blood would get like, like, would get weird if there was like different types of blood? I don't know no, how blood works. Blood, ty- blood types don't really mix, I don't Yeah, if it was like a little Well, they cocktail. definitely don't mix for like transfusion. Yeah, but I don't think like one um, blood is like poison. To, not poison, but like, you know when, you know when like mm. a snake bites blood? Like if you mix snake venom into blood. I've seen that's it in like a thing. That's messed up. It gets yeah. like cloth clotted. I don't think that yeah. happens when you mix blood with people. But that would be really cool. Yeah, probably cool. not. Uh, now I'm just picturing like, them eating like a blood cloth. Nah. <laughs> eating a, like a fucking Christmas cracker. Ugh. Friends, if you're enjoying the podcast, you can help it out by rating the podcast wherever you listen to it. It doesn't take long, and it does go a long way to help. You can follow us on Spotify. That helps us and makes your life easier too. Uh, we're also on Twitter, where you can follow for to stay up to date and to see other spooky things that we post. That's at Paranormal HL. We also have the Patreon up and running again, so you can go and support there, get access to our Discord, where we post spooky things and chat. That's patreon.com slash paranormal hotline. Uh, that, that's all I have for, for this week. Um... If you have a sudden urge to drink someone's blood, first of all, don't. And second of all, uh, send us an email. Um, Bye-bye. Bye.